Peace be unto you, my dear beloved brothers and sisters. I am Greg Fielder, author of the book, I Am a Convict, I Surrender All to the Creator. And today, I am going to preach from the subject of Battle of the Champions. Battle of the Champions. I'm going to take the text from 1 Samuel, 17th chapter, with the old familiar story of David and Goliath. I'm going to try to go through it and perhaps give a different understanding, an updated understanding of my understanding of what was taking place at this time. <clears throat> Going to start reading from First uh, Samuel seventeen and four. Then a champion came out from the camps of the Philistines. His name was Goliath from Gath. So in this corner we have Goliath, the champ. He had destroyed a whole lot of men from the other camp. And it goes on to say what he was wearing. It says, first of all, his height was six cubits in a span. He had a helmet of copper on his head. And he was wearing a coat of mail of overlapping scales. The weight of the copper coat of mail was 5,000 shekels. He had shin guards of copper on his legs and the javelin of copper sling between his shoulders. The wooden shaft of his spear was like the beam of loom workers and the iron blade of his spear weighed 600 shekels and his shield bearer was marching ahead of him. So you can see in this corner, the champion from Garth, well outfitted. Okay, and then he stood and called out to battle from the... Uh, line of Israel and said to them, why have you come out to draw up in battle formation? Am I not the Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and strike me down, we will then become your servants. But if I prevail against him and strike him down, you will become our servants and serve us. So the stage is set. But we're going to go on down to verse 16. Meanwhile, the Philistine would come forward and take his position each morning and each evening for 40 days. 
Then Jesse said to his son David, Take, if uh, please, this ephra of roasted corn and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers in the camp and take these ten portions of cheese to the chief of the thousands. So he sent him out there, sent David as an errand boy to go take some cheese sandwiches uh, to, to, to the battlefield. And so we go on down to verse 23. It says, while he was speaking with them, there came the champion named Goliath, the Philistine from Goth. He came out from the battle line of the Philistines, and he spoke the same words as before. And David heard him. When all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him, terrified. So you, you had all the men of Israel. They were afraid of this one giant. And then they talked about if someone went to fight him, what the prize would be. So in verse 25, we see the men of Israel was saying, have you seen this man who is coming out? He comes to taunt Israel. The king will give great riches to the man who strikes him down. He will give him his own daughter and he will give the house of his father exemptions to Israel. That is very important. That's verse 25, where David, who was, I would say, a, a, a lover, when he saw what was going to be the prize for killing Goliath, that meant that, hey, if, if, you, if you defeat Goliath, you don't have to worry about you or your family paying taxes anymore. And you know the king got a pretty daughter. She becomes yours if you can kill this king. So there was two things that prompted David to go and fight Goliath. One was the riches that he would acquire. And the other one was the king's daughter. But then we go on to verse 26. David began to say to the men who were standing near him, what will be done for the man who strikes down this Philistine over there and takes away reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would taunt the battle line of the living God. That is the third thing that prompted David. He loved riches. He loved women. But most importantly, he loved God. 
And when he came up, ordinarily he would just go on about his business. But when he came up, he heard this man defying his God. So he had a problem with that. And we go on down to verse 32. So David said to Saul, let no one lose heart because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So David at that time was really a young boy. But what he was saying, if God needs somebody to go, here am I, send me, I'll go. And 33 verse, he said, well, Saul said to David, you are not able to go fight against this Philistine, for you are but a boy, and he has been a soldier from his youth. David then said to Saul, he said, Saul, before you count me out, let me testify. You know, you can't have a testimony until you've had a test. So David said, so let me testify to you for a minute. He said, you know, your servant became a shepherd of his father's flock and a lion came, also a bear. And each carried off a sheep from the flock. I went out after it and struck it down and rescued it from its mouth. When it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its fur and struck it down and put it to death. Your servant struck down both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will become like one of them. For he has taunted the battle lines of the living God. You know, some of this I would try to explain, but it's kind of self-explanatory. At some point, you have to have gone into battle. And it doesn't have to be physical battle. It can be a verbal battle where you bold enough to stand up and speak truth to power. And let whoever it is know, I don't care what your title is. I don't care what your education is. I don't care what your wealth status is. You ain't God. In fact, you're not my God. So that's what one is able to do when they have been tested they are able to give a testimony. And so we go on down to the challenge. So we see in verse number 40, we've already told you about this big, bad champion, big and tall and, and, and wrapped around himself with all kind of metals and iron. And he's just covered up so that he cannot be penetrated, so he thinks. So now let's describe the, 
the challenger. In verse 40 says, so David took off the uh, garments that he had tried on from Saul. Saul had had weighed him down, put put all these this heavy uh, uniform on him, and David said, "I I I don't want to wear this. I have not proved it." And so let's stop right there for a minute. David would not wear Saul's garment. And we should know that we should not do something that we have not proved. That means that you have seen it work. Just because you're with somebody and they can go and say, hey, man, before I change my mind, I'll die. And then someone comes against you after quoting that, which you heard somebody else say, and they say, okay, put him in front of the firing squad. And you realize, you just say, no, no, I, was, I mean, I was just joking. Can we, can we just talk about this? But the person who said it first, perhaps he was willing to die. So there are things that someone has proven and you have not proved it then you better let it alone. It could be because the person, in this case, David had seen proof. He had seen proof that when he fought the bear, that God was with him. He had seen proof that when the lion came against him, God protected him. He had seen that when he was assigned a responsibility of taking care of another man's sheep and he committed to do it, he did it without hesitation because he knew that he, that was his righteous assignment. So some things you have to prove. You know, there are people who say, man, I, I, I'm willing to uh, help everybody in the world. Well, you haven't proved that. There are those who say, well, I'm willing to uh, protect my family. Well, maybe or maybe not, it, whether or not you have proved it. Then there are some who say, man, I'll do anything for my God. And you may not have proved that. So you have to do what you have confidence in that it has been proven. That's why we call this the battle of the champions. Goliath being a big man strikes fear into the hearts of some little men. But David had learned that one man plus God is an army. One man plus God is a majority. One man plus God cannot be defeated. 
So those are the kind of things that you have to prove to yourself. And so this is what this challenger did. He stepped in for the challenge. And because he had not proved that he could wear another man's uniform, David resorted to what he knew best. He says he then took off his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream bed and placed them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag and his sling was in his hand and he began approaching the Philistine. And that's what it is, people. You know, you let somebody else do what they do best. And you do what you do best. So once David had gotten his five smooth stones, he had his slingshot. He was ready to approach the Philistine, the big bad Goliath. So the Philistine came closer and closer to David, and his shield bearer was ahead of him. When the Philistine looked and saw David, he sneered at him in contempt because he was just a ruddy and a handsome little boy. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog so that you are coming against me with sticks? With that, the Philistine cursed David by his God. And I could imagine when it says he cursed him by his God, you know how sometimes ignorant people will say, you GD little boy, get out of my face. And uh, we kind of know what that means, but it took the name of God in vain. So that furiated David. You say, uh, so the Philistine cursed David by his gods. <coughs> the Philistine said to David, just come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the heavens and to the beasts of the field. <laughs> David replied to the Philistine, you are coming against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I am coming against you in the name of Jehovah of armies, the God of the battle of the Israel, whom you have taunted. This very day, Jehovah will surrender you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And on this day, I will give the corpse of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the heavens and to the wild beasts of the earth. And people of all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. Dear beloved brothers and sisters, at some point, if we know God, I'm talking about the true and living God, 
we have to let the enemy know that there is a God. There is a God that is able to protect us from all enemies. And this is what David was interested in. However, there were other prizes that went along with the status of being a man of God. And so here we see that David had no fear. Again, we know that fear, F-E-A-R, could be an acronym for false evidence appearing real. But it's not real. You know, it, you know, it's just like looking at a shadow. You say, oh, that's the image of, of, of someone. But it's not real. It's just a vision of something from something is not the essence of anything. It's just the vision of something that represents something. And so just to read on a little further, it says, and all those gathered here will know that it is not with the sword or the spear that Jehovah saves for the battle belongs to Jehovah and he will give all of you into our hand. So to translate that up into today's time, he's saying the battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. Then the Philistine rose and drew steadily closer to meet David, but David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David thrust his hand into his bag and took a stone from there and slung it. He struck the Philistine in the forehead and the stone stuck into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He struck down the Philistine and put him to death, though there was no sword in David's hand. Hallelujah up there. You know, there's so many uh, sayings we could say, you know, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. To know that the battle is God's. He just needs somebody to use. You need, just need somebody who have enough courage to say, hey, God, send me. I'll go. And that's the challenge to us. If God sends us, are we willing to go? If we know that God is with us, are we willing to go? Are we aware that if God sees us to it, God will see us through it. Are we willing to go? And that's sometimes you have to prove it. You know, it's easy to say that you're a child of God. 
You know, you can make the mouth say anything. But are you willing to go? David was willing to go. And we want to address one other mystery. Was David certain of his abilities? The scripture says that he picked up one stone and slung it into Goliath's head. Was he not sure that he was going to hit him the first time and he needed to throw a second one or a third one or a fourth one or a fifth one? If you keep reading, you'll find out the answer is no. He was certain that he could defeat Goliath with one stone. But the reason he had five, because someone had emailed him, bringing it up to date, to let him know that Goliath had four more brothers. And so he had, he had one for each one of them, if it became necessary. And you'll find out that later, he did go into battle with those other four brothers. He was prepared for the battle. We had to be prepared for the battle. And the main thing that we prepare ourselves with is the faith that God is with us and no devil on earth or wherever he comes from can defeat us. As long as we know that God is ours and we are his, we are going to get the victory. Praise be to the almighty creator. And I leave you as I greeted you, dear beloved brothers and sisters, peace be unto you.